0: This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're opening our eyes and seeing things fresh in episode number 122. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi. This is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and in today's podcast, we are going to tackle a topic that is a really tough topic to tackle. It's something that seems on the surface to be pretty simple and straightforward, but to actually live it, to actually walk it in our day-to-day life as moms is really difficult, and I wanted to hit it head on. My ladies Bible study group has done a few studies together over the years and I've always found them enriching. I've found our time together to be something refreshing for me. We only meet once a month, but it helps. However, the book that we started doing a couple of months ago has impacted my life in ways that I never expected. That book is Ann Voskamp's One Thousand Gifts. The last couple of years of my life have been pretty challenging to me. My husband was laid off from a job of 23 years, and my dad actually ended up being laid off at about the same time. That was two years ago. Then a year ago, uh, my mom had a massive stroke, which we're still feeling out the effects from. And those things have challenged me, have, have challenged me as a person, as a mother, have have challenged my marriage. In ways that I really never could have foreseen. And I I had felt like, and still do feel like, they caused me to look at myself and grow in ways that I never expected to. But when we started this book study a couple of months ago, it really impacted my life and brought some things to my attention. And interestingly, I guess you could say just the way the universe works, I, I believe, you know, the way that God points things out to us is... That other things have come in and and reinforced that learning or magnified bits of what I'm learning, but really the essence of the book One Thousand Gifts is gratitude, and seeing gratitude in everything. It's from a distinctly Christian worldview and perspective, but the lessons in it are timeless for everybody, I believe, and it it comes back to something that I've felt strongly for a long time, but. I've been really challenged to try and walk, and sometimes stumble, and sometimes fall on my face. But I feel like I'm getting better at walking. And that is the fundamental truth that we, as mothers, and that every human being on the planet... I tell my kids this, and they... They aren't really ever happy to hear it. They kind of sulk because I think that they want to conveniently blame <laughs> their situation in life for all of the ills that they perceive in their life. Which as an adult, you remember as a teenager all the ills that you perceived and how you weren't quite seeing clearly for some of them. And, and as an adult, you try and say to yourself, well... That's the place that they're at now. And you try and honor that while also sharing wisdom that you don't really know if they'll hear. But at the same time, one of the benefits of being a parent is that you're also parenting yourself. That you're saying, I know that wisdom is here and I need to seize it for myself. And this is one of those things that no matter what the situation is, you choose your own attitude. No matter what the situation is, I choose my own attitude. Viktor Frankl wrote a book, I believe it was called Man's Search for Meaning. He was a Holocaust victim, and he wrote that no matter what was done to him in the concentration camp, the one truth that he came to realize was that we choose our own attitudes. That no matter what they did to his body, he chose how his mind reacted. And I'm not minimizing in any way any sort of trauma Or anything along those lines that might have happened in your life or be happening in your life or any of the struggles that you've had or that your children have had, nothing like that. But fundamentally, fundamentally, we choose our attitudes in life. And I honestly don't think I can think of anything that gives an individual more power than to say, it doesn't matter what happens to me, I get to choose. I get to choose, maybe not choose, to be happy about a situation. I'm not happy when my kids are rude to me or when my little ones are melting down. But I can still choose my attitude and how I handle that situation. The other huge thing that I've been immersing myself in and really thinking over and really pondering over In the last few weeks is that gratitude makes attitude follow when you're thankful it makes your attitude change and when you're thankful even in a time when it doesn't feel like you can be thankful and that's that's a place that that I feel like I've personally been struggling in a lot lately is how can I be thankful when it feels like there's struggle and strain and there's not enough, for those of you who have watched my pregnancy vlog, you might know. But um, you know, I support our family through my website, and over the past couple of months, we've had some technical issues and things that have basically just impacted income in in a way that's that's pretty scary. Because when you're watching those dollar figures drop, that directly correlates to groceries on the table to feed your kids. That can be scary and it can be hard. And another thing, like I mentioned, my mom had a stroke and the, the fallout from that has been massive. And just over the past year, it's been a, a continual roller coaster of putting out fires and and that can get really draining. And then, of course, any type of financial stress or stress with kids or something comes back on your marriage. and And there's just a lot of strain and it's been very hard. It's been very hard to walk in gratitude, but it's something that I feel has been incredibly valuable to me. It helped to start looking for the little things. What are the little things I can be grateful for? When I was in high school, I was very interested in theater. I was part of the drama club, but I was more interested in the technical side of theater, and especially in light. I loved doing the lighting. I enjoyed set construction and other aspects as well, but I loved the lighting. And one of the things that I've noticed today is that when I look for little things to be grateful for, even though I'm far away from the theater and very glad that I didn't ultimately end up pursuing Broadway, even from a backstage perspective, I it still makes something thrill in me that that passion for me as a young person for light is still there because so often... The things that take my breath away in the everyday ordinary is the way that the light slants through the trees, or the way that light has pierced through the clouds, or the way that dappled light plays across the ground when wind flutters through the leaves on the trees. Just little things like that. I know other people see different things than me. Cassidy and Scott both pay more attention to birds than I do, the bird song. Or the different types of birds that they can pick out in the air are little things. Most of us can find a way to look at our children, especially our little toddlers, doing silly things like dancing on the floor or other things that they're completely not self conscious about. And they just make us laugh and smile because of their beauty and their innocence and their joy. Finding those little moments has really helped me start to build up slowly and say, okay, even in the rough, even in the ragged, even in, in, in the hard moments, there are these little glimmers, these little happy moments. But something else that was really challenging, and again, Anne Voskamp talks about this in her book, is also looking at the moments that, that are really ugly, that are really hard, those moments in and of themselves, and ask yourself, is there something to be grateful for in this moment? And that's really challenged me. In fact, when we went over that part of my women's group, I mean, I, I actually felt angry when we were in that session together. Not at the ladies there, but, you know, like, why when everything's going wrong? Like, h- how am I supposed to see the beauty in that? Where is how can there possibly be beauty in that? And I think that's a place that many of us as moms, when we're really stressed out, we get to. How could how could there possibly be beauty in this situation beauty when I'm in pain when maybe my family is in pain how can there be beauty in that situation and I think honestly that that's such a big question that each one of us you and me and every other woman on this planet or if there's you know if there's a fellow listening to this for you too that's something we need to wrestle with because there are no easy answers I can say for me it's been interesting that as I've sat with this idea for, for a few weeks now and really, really thought about it, prayed about it during my quiet time and, and just thought about it throughout the rest of the day, some of which are very ugly days, I, I find myself saying, you know, maybe I can see or maybe I can stop to see or maybe I can pause and look up and ask for wisdom and ask to see what is the beauty in this situation. And some it's much harder if I've gotten in an argument with Scott, it's like, what, you know, what is, where, where is the good in that situation? Other than maybe we went outside and walked to have the argument to be away from the kids. And I worked on my suntan, you know, that was literally feeling like I was grasping at straws during an argument. And it was like, at least I'm getting a suntan. And and both of us laughed and it kind of broke, broke the moment for a minute, but really it's, You know, when you're in those moments or when you have a child that's sick or when you've lost a child or when you are taking care of a sick parent or when you feel like you're trying to help somebody who's not willing to help themselves with a teenager or a parent or a friend that you're watching just spiral downward. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. But I think that wrestling with those things is one of the things that can make us as a person better and it can make us as a parent better. And living that gratitude and being willing to say these things, being willing to see these things and one of being willing to speak these things. So it's been a slow process for me. I feel like it's been baby steps like training wheels on first noticing them. And then trying to say them to ad, to admit them publicly that wow, I'm thankful for that or I'm grateful for that or just not just thinking it and holding it deep inside it's it's like sometimes you you'll hear christians say something like well i have the joy inside while on the outside they don't really seem very happy and that's not again to minimize a tough situation that somebody's going through but sometimes you have to wonder where's the joy and so being willing to speak the joy no matter what walk of life you come from but if you're saying i'm going to be a grateful person i'm going to be a thankful person start to find ways to speak that and again it's like it's like learning to walk or learning to talk. At first, it feels awkward coming out of your mouth when you're used to complaining every day to instead say, I'm grateful. But it begins to transform you on the inside as well. And it's just, it's a really powerful thing. Again, like I said, that particular thing, seeing the, seeing the beauty and the ugly of life is something I think each one of us has to wrestle through. It hasn't been easy for me and I can't make it easy for you. But it's something that's valuable, valuable enough that I wanted to share it with you. It's really interesting to me how when I feel like I'm working through something like this, that other things come in. So I'm doing this book study that's really making me think. But then there are these these other aspects of my life where I hear echoes of what I'm studying and what I'm learning and this has been one of them and you might say that's chance or that's the universe i think it's god whatever you want but but as i've been going through this and this gratitude i've also been challenged uh, to you know to live in abundance now before perhaps i see that abundance so what does abundance mean to you to me abundance means not having to worry about the finances it means reaching women and and on a large scale like a really large scale I want to reach women I want to make a difference for mothers and babies so being able to reach them and being able to to get what I need you know if I need to buy a research paper to to research this for this woman I want to be able to do that if going to this workshop will help me better able to serve you through the website or better able to serve women in in my community I want to be able I want to be able to do that. So I mean there's this abundance that's like and I want to put, you know, food on the table for my kids consistently. There's this abundance that's financial and also this abundance that I want to reach people. I want to make connections. I want to feel that. And then peace in my family, for me, that's a definition of abundance. Of course there will always be conflict and and children, especially young people, need to make their own mistakes. They need to make their own choices. They need to make their own decisions. But overall I want to feel like there's peace and there's an abundance of love. I think most of us want to feel that with our family, and so the challenge that I got this actually interestingly came from Carol Tuttle. Some of you may have heard about this. She has a course which I haven't taken, um, uh, called you know Living and Dressing Dressing Your Truth, which is helping you find out who you really are and dressing in accord with that. Like I said, I haven't gone through it, but I enjoy her materials that that I have seen. And this is this is a challenge that she's talking about is living, you know, looking at how would I live if I had this abundance? And so I, Kristen, ask you, how would you live if you had whatever abundance means to you? You know, another thing abundance means to me is to feel like I have time, time to do this for you, time to homeschool my kids, time to drive to a local nursing home or a soup kitchen or something and and help other people with them. that's something I want to do for my own heart, but I also want to do to teach my children's hearts to long to serve others. You know, so an abundance of time, how would I live if I had those things? How would you live if you had what equals abundance to you? And then the challenge that... That Carol gave was start living that abundance right now. So maybe, you know, you say, well, if I was abundant, I'd be a millionaire and could go out and shop or whatever. Well, so you're not just going to run out and shop and buy whatever you want. That's, that's not what she's talking about. She's talking about how do you feel like it would impact you as a person? What would you get from that financial security, from that peace, from that time freedom, and for me, I feel like the financial security would reduce stress and and I wouldn't need to stress. I would trust that the money was there. And I would, you know, I wouldn't feel as frantic about I've gotta get this done because I would know I can really put into this what it needs to have into it for the women that I'm serving. And I can take the time, you know, to go to prenatal appointments and to go to births and to go to postpartum appointments and serve women in my community that way and teach classes that I've really researched and really worked hard on and serve women this way which is something those are things that I do now but I do them feeling like sometimes that there's not enough time or I'm pressed or or I have to make sure that you know this is something that's really appealing and I want to be able to focus on making this really what women need it to be and being what women need me to be and then with my family you know, I would be happy and cheerful most of the time. I would be laid back. If something came up, I would know that we could talk about it, that I could listen, that they could listen, that we could talk, that we could communicate. And that if I had time, like I said, I'd be doing those volunteer things or I'd be taking those moments to read books to my preschoolers throughout the day like I want to. And so what Carol challenges or challenged is that, you know, why don't you live that abundance now? Why don't you live that abundance now? So imagine that you're living behind this wall and then on the other side of the wall is this abundant you, whatever that means to you. And how would you live different on the other side of the wall? And she says, you know, go through that wall right now. Go through that wall right now. And that's really something that, that struck me. And like I said, it kind of meshed together with the gratitude thing. It's like I'm taking these baby steps towards gratitude and thankfulness. And let me take these baby steps towards that abundance now. Let me start living that now. And we talked before uh, last week, actually, on the podcast last week about honoring yourself and trusting yourself. And and even the things that I teach you guys, I think about that when I'm thinking about me. And so when I was thinking about abundance, you know, I was thinking about what I talked about last week with trusting yourself and that it really does fold into this because listening to yourself and honoring the abundance that you do have is a powerful way. That's that's training wheels to finding that greater abundance that you already have. That you already have. And honoring that person that you feel that you will be with abundance and know that she's already there inside of you. So one of the things that that I've been doing is If I'm thirsty, but I'm busy, I'll tend to not get up to fill my water bottle, even though I'm thirsty. So that's one thing I've really focused on is if I'm thirsty, I'm going to get up and fill my water bottle. I'm going to drink. I'm going to honor that because I am so grateful. And this is something I thought even before I started this exercise, but now especially. So I am so grateful that I can turn a spout and have clean water come out. It is incredible when we think of the fact that much of the world doesn't have that. And I'm not going to be guilty that I do have that. But I'm going to be grateful that I do have that. Uh, it's a wonderful thing. It's it's one of the reasons why I've thought about, like, man, could my kids and I do some, like, awesome project for somebody else? Maybe putting in a well for, for a village that doesn't have one would be something awesome. To so just be able to turn a spout or crank a pump and have water come out and it be clean and fresh. And here... You know, we're in northern Michigan, rural, and our water comes out from the well deep in the ground. And it's just cold and so nice. So nice. So I get up and I take a drink because it reminds me that I am living in abundance. Even in these tiny things that I take for granted. And I'm honoring myself that I can give myself permission to live in abundance. And permission to joy in that. I'm not going to beat myself up because other people don't have, which I think is one of the things that we sometimes do, especially to our kids. We're like, you should be grateful because so-and-so in a third world country doesn't have anything. And it's just kind of like using that to beat them over the head. And sometimes I think we do it to ourselves. You'll see people on Facebook who, you know, put the little hashtag first world problems. And yeah, we have them. But at the same time, let's be grateful for what we have, not guilty So yeah, we can tell our kids, other people in the world don't have this. We should be grateful for the fact that we can turn on the water and have clean water or that you have a good meal right now. Uh, But don't use it like to, to beat them into submission. Instead, encourage them. Let's be grateful. Let's be grateful. And so... That's one of those things that ties in with with trusting yourself and and also honoring abundance is drink when you're thirsty. If you're tired and you can lay down and close your eyes for ten minutes or sit on the couch for ten minutes and close your eyes or lay on the floor and let your children climb over your back while you have your eyes closed for ten minutes, do that. You know, honor that abundance and that ability. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Like I touched on a minute ago, I believe that sometimes people think that abundance is wrong, you know, or, or that expecting abundance is wrong or wanting a change in your life is wrong. And that's not what I'm saying when I say live in the abundance now. I think that we're blessed to live at the time that we do because it is through our abundance that we can really help other people. And I don't necessarily think that it needs to be some obligatory thing. I don't like the phrase give back very much. Because it makes it sound like what we got is wrong some way. But rather that the abundance is overflowing from us. That it's coming from us. And especially us as mothers. Literally uh, abundance overflows from us physically in many aspects of our lives. We grow children in our wombs. We birth babies. We nurse babies. We give love to those children. We raise them up. That abundance is literally overflowing from the very core of our physical being. And that's not wrong. In fact, much of that abundance encapsulates giving within it. It's an abundance that automatically overflows to somebody else. So when we think about abundance, we don't think about giving back as if somehow, you know, we owe something to the world because we've been given abundance. But rather, because we're living in this place of abundance and gratitude, that's overflowing out of us. And therefore, our actions naturally to want to give to other people, to want to share. And we have the resources to do that. And sometimes we have the resources to do that simply because we believe we do. Simply because we chose our own attitude. So I don't think that it's wrong at all to expect abundance and to want abundance. I don't think it's wrong at all to want to change something. For me to say, I want my business to make more financially so that you know, I feel secure in that is not wrong because the natural overflow of that is going to be that that means that my business is helping more women. It's helping more mothers. It's helping more babies. The peace of mind that I will get from that will leave my creative energies free to help more women, to help more mothers, to help more babies. This is for me in particular. Your passion may lie somewhere else. The abundance that you get from what you do may come from somewhere else. To say that I want a more peaceful home for my family. I don't think that anybody would think that's selfish, but really when you think about it, that's wanting something different too. I think the key is that it's not wrong to want more and it's not wrong to say this would help me in this way. But what we want to do is we want to say, I want to live in abundance now. And how would that abundance make me different? If I already had that ideal situation, how do I believe I would be a different person? And then you have to live that right now to the extent that you can, which means your attitude. And it may mean that you can serve even if finances are holding you back from something. There may be ways you can serve in a non-financial way. If that's what you feel that your heart would do if you had finances. Oh, you know, I'd help this cause or that cause. Well, how can I help this cause or that cause from a service perspective? You know, ask yourself that because that's, that's the thing. How would abundance make you different and live that now? Live that now because the reality is, is that as, as moms, as people, as human beings, who we are now is who we will be then. So you need to be now. You need to be now who you want to be then. And that's just, to me, that, again, this is something I've been wrestling with, you know? It's something that I've been wrestling with and really thinking, how does this impact my life as a mom? How does this impact my life as a person? How does this impact who I am to have these challenges out there, to be grateful, to be thankful, to be abundant? And it's just something, you know, that's really, it's, it's really powerful to think about, but really, really tough at the same time. And in some places, you have to wrestle with yourself and know that I am enough to step into that abundance now. Like thinking about when you're as, as you're mothering, knowing that I'm enough as a mama, you know, that I can make decisions, that I can be the mom that I want to be. That I can feel confident in who I am and what I'm doing. That I can feel confident in setting the boundaries that I need to set for my children. I think that's one of the reasons why we struggle with uh, with attitudes and things with our kids. Or even with what we would consider them acting out or or being disobedient or not listening or being wild. However you want to phrase it. Because I know that the PC way to phrase those things runs the gamut. But In the end, there are times that we feel stressed as parents because we can't get our children to listen to us. And part of that is asking ourselves, you know, what is this to me? Why is this important to me? But part of it is that I think most of us understand inherently as human beings that, you know, as parents, we have a responsibility to guide and to nurture our children. And sometimes that means to set boundaries. But the so when you think about like the ideal you, how would I act you know what would I set up for my child, and 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 for me, it's you know that that I would have boundaries that, you know, I calmly, sometimes cheerfully, maybe just sometimes calmly and firmly say, this is the way that it is, and my children understand that and they respect that, and then within that, they're given vast vast amounts of freedom. That's what I talk about in the Smart Mama Happy Baby Club when we're talking about uh, discipline issues or parenting issues is that you know within those boundaries that you put in place for their safety or for their character development, there is, there is great freedom to explore and to be who they are. And also they get great freedom because they learn to be part of a community and they learn to be kind to other people, including their parents. So think about that mom that you want to be, that would encapsulate what you want to be. And ask yourself, how does she feel? So for me, that mom feels calm and collected. And she says, you know, it's time to clean the kitchen. So we're going to clean the kitchen. And the little ones do so cheerfully. And the older ones, maybe not with quite the bubbly joy that the little ones do. But, you know, they cheerfully come along and they do it too. It's just, and everything is calm. And I'm calm and I'm firm in what I say, you know, this doesn't go. Or you need to do this right now. And then the rest of the time I'm able to be relaxed. I'm able to be relaxed, and I'm able to enjoy the moments that come. And sometimes things will fall apart. But because I know that most of the time I'm calm and collected, that things are going well, that the occasional mishap, which may be related to me, I may have messed up, a kid may have messed up, something outside of our family completely may have come in and changed the situation. But, you know, I'm able to roll with that. And then when spontaneous moments come... When those little moments come when a child says, Mama, Mama, come watch me or come see this, I can stop and say, I'm coming because I'm not upset because this, that, and the other thing hasn't gotten done, that the kids haven't done this, that I haven't finished that project. But rather there's just that calm and that enjoyment. And, and thinking that I as a mom, that's who I want to be and so that's who I can be right now that I can step into that right now, maybe babies step into that right now, but I can do it. it, is really powerful. It's really powerful. So we've touched on, you know, finding grace in the hard times, because sometimes they are hard. Sometimes there are arguments. Sometimes there's financial strain. Sometimes there's real physical lack. Sometimes there's a toddler melting down. Sometimes those things happen. But one of the most powerful things is to say, how can I be thankful even in this moment? And like I said, it may be something you really need to wrestle with when you're feeling like the entire world is unfair. I've worked so hard for so long and this is what I get. Or it's not really fair. You know, they're mad at me, they're angry, but it's really about them and it's not about me. Why are they, t- why are they lashing out at me? It's not fair. Those are tough moments Or your kids. It's like, you know, why won't you just do this? Because then everybody would be happier. It's a win-win situation. Seriously. And you're just frustrated and at the end of your rope and exasperated and irritated. And it's hard to find the grace in those times. It's hard to be abundant. But that's when you think, I'm enough. Because in the ideal situation, this is how I would act. And I can make the choice to act like that right now, to be that person right now. Or again, at least to baby step into that so maybe you know maybe this week as you as you walk forward in your life and think about this podcast episode kind of wrestle with that you know wrestle with that can i can i find the those things to be grateful for even in the small moments and like i said you can start with looking for the things that are small and that are there even when it's not a hard moment you know look at the smile on your child's face and the fact that you Made a meal plan this week and it went really well. Or that, oh my gosh, he finally tried a tomato slice. The little things that you can be grateful for in your life. And then build on those and say, where can I start to see gratitude even in the more difficult places? How can I look for this? Or like I said, one of the things that helped me was maybe I can't see the gratitude, but I can at least stop and pause in the really hard moments and and ask, what am I supposed to see? Because sometimes even that pausing ourselves that stop the irritation, stop the anger for just a minute and ask what could possibly transcend this. Even if we don't see it, even if we don't feel like we get an answer, we start to create a new pattern. We start to create a new person, the person that we really want to be. We want to choose gratitude. And like I said, I think I think attitude follows gratitude. So if you want to model an attitude of gratefulness and an attitude of abundance and an attitude of joy for your children, baby stepping into gratitude is a great way to do that, to make that choice and living in that abundance. Think about it. If I could have, you know, the ideal life and think about, you know, don't get stuck on, well, so-and-so and such-and-such so and such would need to do this and that. That's, that's moving back into a place that we don't want to be where we're blaming other people when the reality is is that we make the choice on how we're going to act regardless of our external circumstances or regardless of other people we could spend a lot of time just on that topic but i don't want to debate it because fundamentally it's true if you need to make relationship changes and things like that again ultimately it's your choice it's your choice so don't get caught up on well i could be this and that and the other if he or she was different but ask yourself, how would I be different if this situation were different? And start living that difference now. Because being grateful and having the attitude and the abundance that flow from that gratefulness, that flow from knowing that you are enough, that you can make that choice, that you are a powerful woman, that you are a powerful person, that's, that brings loving life into things. It makes you vibrant and alive for your little ones. It's just, it's a really, really powerful thing. And it's something, again, I've been going over and over and over and over again because it takes a lot to change habits and to learn a new lesson. In the past few weeks, I know I won't have arrived anytime soon, but... I'm working on the journey, and I'm grateful for the journey. I'm grateful to be able to share this with you. Uh, And so I did. I wanted to share it with you today. I've mentioned a few resources, and I'll link to those, and Voskamp's book, 1,000 Gifts. Again, I didn't quite expect it to change my life the way that it has, but it has, uh, and I expect it will continue to do so more because we're only about halfway through it. Um, And then I mentioned Carol Tuttle's resources, and I also talked about abundance and and, and kind of the morality of abundance and that sort of thing. And um, if you're interested in, in more about that or if that's something you struggle with in particular, then uh, there's a book by Rabbi Daniel Lappin that I'll link to in the show notes that is a really good book um, to wrestle through and help yourself understand that that this is a place of abundance and that it's okay to be abundant and that that abundant you overflows onto others. And uh, and I think like Carol Tuttle talks about that too in, in some of her materials. So anyways, there are many people who talk about this. I'll link to the Victor Frankl book too, like I said, I, I'm not 100% certain on the title, so I'll look for that. But whatever the resources that you use, I would just encourage you, um, you know, to to explore this, to think about this and and to take those baby steps towards gratitude because ultimately, I think the only thing that can come from that for you, for me, for our children, for our families is a happier and richer life and a life where we feel joy and where we want to share that. And so ultimately for our communities and our world, it is a better thing too. So let that gratitude come and let the attitude follow and let it bless you and yours and everyone around you. And with that, I hope that you have a blessed week and I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life Podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.